This is the Ground Floor Podcast, sponsored by Seed at Santa Fe College, where we talk to local entrepreneurs about their startups. So today we sit down with Interlingo, which is a company that is making translation of native languages into a side hustle. And it's really neat how these two UF students are looking at what people have to offer and what people need in the world. So here are a couple of excerpts from our conversation. So did somebody have this idea initially and then brought it to the other one? Or was it like kind of an epiphany as both of you were talking or, or how, how did that happen? Yeah, so I would say that I kind of thought of this idea a few months ago. So I thought of it because I help my mom a lot with um, English. So my mom doesn't speak English very well. And so it's kind of the responsibility uh, for me to help her when she applies to jobs or when she has to email or text someone, she kind of turns to me. And I know I was talking to G about this, you know, prior to kind of thinking of this idea. And she kind of, you know, had the same sentiment of having to help her own mother. And I knew this was, you know, pretty common in a lot of immigrant families. And I was like, oh, hey, like, it'd be kind of cool if there's a way that we could provide a solution for this that wasn't just, you know, ask your children if they hopefully speak the language. And so I kind of brought it to her and a lot of part because we've been friends for a long time, um, but also because she had to deal with those same things um, with her family and um, I knew that, you know, as an advertising and digital strategy major, she had a lot of those skills that I didn't have as a more, you know, technical, um, you know, technical person. And I think since he's brought up the idea originally, it was like, let's try and find a solution for this. And we've built what it is today together, which is really cool because our, our skills and experiences have combined to make it what it is today. So, so effectively, like no work was done before... Like it was just idea phase, right? And yeah. Then, right. And then you started working your way into, into kind of how to create that solution, how to create it, how to market it, how to, how to kind of do all these things. Um, how how close are you to a functioning a functioning app uh, at this time? So we've actually built um, a minimum viable product. It's okay. live at www.interlingo.info. Okay. And so users can go, they can sign up, they can actually schedule appointments. Okay. Um, so we have a minimum viable product up and we're working on the app. Eventually when we want to make the product a real-time service, kind of like how Uber is where, you know, you simply click a button and it finds a rider or a driver. In our case, that'd be a translator whenever they need it. So we, we do have a minimum viable product up though where we can schedule uh, beforehand. At what point do you, do both of y'all stop your lives from progressing uh, how it is and you say, okay, my foot's in the ground, entrepreneurs, we're, we're, we're moving forward on this? Yeah, I don't know if that we've come to like a concrete point in there. Yeah. And so we've also been pivoting our angle to be, and it's, and it's funny you mentioned that the government and the agencies and stuff that advertise, we've been, lo- we've been um, looking to target those nonprofit government agencies because they are required and a lot of them do push language access. And so we've been talking to local nonprofits in the area and seeing, hey, is this a partnership that's, you know, that's viable here where you want to push language access for immigrants in your community? Can we help you do that? I think our metrics of, oh, hey, when is this a viable thing that we, you know, kind of, you know, if we have a job by then, do we quit our jobs or do we, you know, stop looking for a job? I think, you know, our metric of when we want to do that kind of has shifted from when we initially started. Yeah. How many translators do you have 
right now? We currently have four. Okay. Yeah, so it's two in Spanish, one in Telugu, and one in Mandarin Chinese. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's that's good. I, I was hoping it wasn't two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping it wasn't two. And I, I, I wish I spoke a different language. That would be something that I would see great value in and kind of giving back to... It, it's almost like giving back to your own community while you're while you're working a side hustle. How many translations have y'all done? So right now we've stuck mostly to family and friends. Okay. Um, so we haven't you know gone over double digits yet. Um, we're partnering. We're talking to organizations now, and this is the good thing is that we have our minimal viable product, and they've given us some feedback. So we're looking to make our second iteration of that. So we've talked to those organizations. They walked through our product, and they're like, hey, before we go out and endorse you and say, hey, are you know people who come to us should start using you and we start, you know, telling our members about this, we want you to do, you know, A, B, and C. So some of those include um, providing some kind of certification for our translators. So, you know, maybe we all take proficiency tests to make sure that, you know, we are the level of you know, proficiency that we proclaim to be. Um, they also want to see some technical things like translating all kinds of buttons and all kinds of you know privacy notices to the language that they want, or you know making sure that the entire workflow, or the user um, flow from when they pick the language that they know to you know when they finally complete the booking is in the language of their choosing. So making sure that all works smoothly. So they've come back to us with these iterations, and so we we're kind of focusing on those partnerships at this point of going to these organizations and saying we want to work with you. We want to kind of access your user base and all these people that you've been working with, um, these limited English pop, you know, community. What can we do for you to be able to push us out there um, into your community? And so now we're iterating on that second version with their feedback. So what was the best feedback that, that you think you've gotten? I, uh, I personally think that the biggest thing was um, making sure the entire workflow was in, it, um, in the language that they're choosing. Because when we initially started, we thought they could pick their language and everything else could be done kind of in, you know, converging to like the booking where it was in English. And so what we found from people talking to other people is like, hey, they might, you know, maybe a calendar is pretty easy to, and maybe a booking is easy for you intuitively to be like, I don't need this to be in another language. But for someone who's limited English, you know, if they see anything that's in English, it's an instant turn off. They're like, uh, I can't use it anymore or it's just not very trusted by them. And so they were like, make sure everything once they pick their language is in the language of their choosing. You know, you should transit the entire website, the entire app once you do that. And I think that was really eye opening because, you know, once you're really used to when also like both of us are relatively tech savvy, you know, compared to that population. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see how much comfort like being everything being your language provides to those people. Whereas, you know, for us, it's pretty intuitive to use our app. But, you know, we've build the app we've used it ourselves well and you're going back and forth between english and 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 that so Mm -hmm. like there's a basis that you can't erase from your mind as as you're moving forward in that yeah and when we were doing research um we looked at like direct and incorrect indirect competitors and it was brought up duolingo has been brought up a lot because the name just sounds the same but when you look at duolingo's website they do like allow the user to pick their language and then the entire web page turns into that language, which is something that we made note of. But now we have like solid concrete feedback that that would be something that would make our service that much more accessible. When do you hope to actually make money? 
Well, we're hoping to make money by the end of the year. By the by, the end of this year. Just mm-hmm. okay. just one session. Just, just one, one session. session. That hey. that's our that's our goal. That's our green light that this is this is going to work. So if by December thirty first we've had one paid session, we we're good. I think for for strategic longevity purposes, that that is a good goal. So what do you see uh, is Interlingo's value proposition? Well, I think like you said, if you think about the counseling um, business that you brought up earlier, we are both an accessible translation and interpretation service for people who would normally not be able to access a traditional translator or interpreter. But we are also lowering barriers of entry for people who have the language skills and want to monetize that. So that's their value prop to be a translator on an app is you're at home anyways. You're not doing anything. You can you can be on your computer. You know English, you know Spanish. Cool. Come help help your own community. And then for the user side is here's your we're bridging that space between you and that vital resource that you needed. Between you and the help that you wanted or the person who you wanted to communicate to. So hopefully on both ends, we are showing through our advertising and our all of our communications, like what we can provide for both translators and users. So if somebody were trying to get in touch with you, what would, how do they need to get in touch with you? If they want to use your service, if they want to be a translator, how, how do they get in touch with you? So our service currently at interlingo.info does have a chat function and we do get those messages. So um, in the let's chat button that's on the bottom right, they can message us directly on there. We're also available on LinkedIn, which we've connected with a lot of people through LinkedIn who have liked our idea. So my name is Giovanna Valentin on LinkedIn. I'm Marari Bima Verapu. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, one of the questions I like to ask everybody, what do you think Gainesville needs? Like Gainesville has a lot of stuff and this is primarily like a Gainesville podcast. What what would you like to see in Gainesville that isn't already here or you've seen other places that you'd like to, to kind of see a little bit more of? That's a, I don't know if I've thought too much. I mean, I think a sentiment that since I've been talking to the nonprofits and since I've been um, kind of in that space is Gainesville is a pretty it's not the most affluent neighbor, you know, an affluent place, neither is Alachua County. And it's kind of a shame because we have such an amazing university here. You know, there's so many bright, talented kids coming through here, but no one, almost no one stays from those places. You know, they come here from all over the country and then they're off to do their own thing. And they have their four years here. And I don't know how much value that Gainesville retains from that, you know, that gets to its community members. And so I'm not sure there's a solution for it, but it'd be kind of cool to see that. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Ground Floor Podcast, sponsored by Seed at Santa Fe College. If you're looking to get in touch with me about anybody that's been on the show or you have an idea for the show, please reach out to me by email at groundfloorgnv at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.